This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for joining the To Back podcast, proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar. So we've got four people today, three guests. Uh, Will uh, and Ant, you're back on after a little hiatus. So how are you two guys doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. Well, hopefully we can get better than all right, because we've got um, some fun stuff to talk about um, other than the previous two matches, which, of course, went for hardly fun. And um, I prepared a little game for us uh, later about previous managers, um, the previous eight managers since uh, Raleem Rossini was last a whole city player. Um, although, actually, now that I think about it, most of our managers have been pretty rubbish. So I don't know how fun that's really going to be. Um However, uh, we've got a uh, first-timer, Rich. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, finally. Marvellous, marvellous. Okay, so um, we'll touch on the Blackburn result to begin with. Uh, another very disappointing uh, result. I don't know how badly we really played, but we had few chances. But really, Blackburn are a very good team, so it's not that bad. But uh Will, what did you think of the performance on Saturday against Blackburn? I thought similar. I thought we played well, but apart from we just couldn't break through their defence, which was obviously a major issue when trying to score goals. Um, it was, like you said, Blackburn are a team I think that's going to be near the top of the table come the end of the season anyway, and they were very well coached, very well organised at the back. City tried to get through them. They did a lot in terms of build-up play. But once they got to the final third, they were doing knackered, really. Hmm. Yeah, and would you agree with that uh, assessment? Yeah, I think everywhere on the pitch, barring the final third, we were fine. Um, which is the frustrating hmm. thing I've, when you're coming out of a game and you, you know you, 
you're thinking, do you know what? We actually played well there, but you've got nothing to show for it. And unfortunately, when you're when you're in the situation that we are, where you know we're getting bad result after bad result, I know we're on the back of two really good results, but where we'd scored seven goals in two games, I think that made it more frustrating that we couldn't seem to break them down and, and find a way in. Um, we didn't we didn't really seem to ask many questions. We were, you know, there were two or three maybe you know chances that, that on another day, if luck were on our side, could have gone in. But um, otherwise, I mean, you've got to give credit to Blackburn. You know, they're up there for a reason. Most wins in the league, very organised. When they're defending, they have like seven or eight players at the back. It's a bit mad, really. And they just counter-attack with, um, with threat. You know, Diaz, Dolan, um, Smurdix and, and uh, Gallagher, they're, they're, they're going to cause problems for every team in this division. And, you know, we just, it's one of those days, wasn't it? Hmm. Uh, were you disappointed with the result, Rich? Or do you think against a very good Blackburn side, is that an acceptable result for a team that isn't really playing that well at the moment? I think come the end of the season, it'll feel a lot better than it did. Um, because they're a decent side out of Blackburn, so they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. So, I mean, on our current form, it's disappointing, but come the end of the season, I think we might think differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really expect much. I mean, I think I might have predicted us to win that game, but uh, really, Blackburn are a very good team. I think they are, yeah. what, first or, or second or third? And they're a very yeah. good, solid team. They've got uh, exciting attacking players going forward. And, uh, you know, we conceded a goal fairly early on, as we tend to do. Um, and, yeah, it's not really an awful result. It's just a shame that we killed that bit of momentum we had from the previous two wins. And, um, yeah, not getting anything out of that game was, was disappointing. But, really, it was the game against Middlesbrough, who are uh, down there um, near the bottom of the table with us that I really expected us to get something from. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to say about it because we conceded, you know, the s- similar sort of goals to how we normally do. We got a bit lucky with the goal, but really attacking, we had a lot of the ball, but we didn't really create a lot of chances. It just seems like the same sort of game we've had for the last, you know, or most of the last game. So, um, and was it just a case of, you know, same old City? I, don't, I think there's the I think there's like a mentality problem at home at the minute. I don't know if it's added pressure or you know the atmosphere maybe taking a, a bit more of a, a downturn in you know after recent results, after such a good start to the season. Obviously as well, we were really good at home. Won the first three, didn't we? It's just I think against Middlesbrough it was one of those where it was a case of it's a team in the bottom three that come here and beat us. We we see it all the time every season, guaranteed. You know two or three times. It's just the first half. I think we were really poor. Um, but then we started the second half in the ascendancy. I think we were the better team. And when Tyrus Christie scored, uh, I genuinely believed we'd go on and win that game. But, you know, a poor refereeing decisions led to a uh, a free kick in the box, which, you know, you still got to defend. You've still got to get rid of it. And um, we just, we, we really didn't do that, did we? We, we? If you watch that goal back, it gets worse every time. Like the, the, the fact that there's someone at the far post completely free anyway is, is, is ridiculous at this level. And then, you know, two or three players in the six-yard box, no one taking, you know, leadership of the situation and just clearing it. You know, you've got, you got two fans moving out the way. Figs didn't really know what was happening. He didn't know his surroundings and own goal. And then there's your momentum killed and Middlesbrough were pretty comfortable from that point onwards, I think. And what's worrying is, is that, you know, Borough are really poor this season. And I think it's similar to the Huddersfield game in a sense of, you know, these are the kind of teams that we should be beating. Um, if we're wanting to be mid-table at least, you know, um, I think these are the kind of games that make people worry about the fact that, you know, if, if, if this vein continues for the rest of the year, then it's it's going to be, I think, a bit of a struggle. But hopefully now, obviously, for for 
better reasons, I think there'll be a bit more stability um, going forward. Mm. Well, potentially, that, that is the hope. I mean, I think you're right, last season, especially, I think we would have thought that that game against Middlesbrough, another team you know, at home, another team low down in the table, it was sort of a relegation six-pointer, of course. We're not really thinking about that. We're not really thinking about relegation as a real uh, possibility this season. But, um, I mean, unless we, we didn't have any manager, I think... Yeah, I'd certainly be worried, um, especially if we didn't have players coming back from injury. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why, um, even though we've spent a lot in the summer, why we should perhaps be worried. But yeah, as you said, hopefully it's going to be better. Um, Rich, we conceded another three goals. Two of them were, you know, own goals, but they're still quite poorly defended. What is there left to say about the defensive issues? And is there anything, you know, you can do? Um, changing the system or something to improve it because at the moment it just seems folly to you know try and deal with that. Well, for me, especially against Middlesbrough, I think the left hand side of the defence for me is a bit of an issue. I thought Fleming left his man, left his winger far too often. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't remember if it led to the was it the first or the second goal, but. Greaves was covering Fleming, and we saw how bad Greaves was at left back in uh, the last game. He was terrible. He's not. He's not a fullback. He's he's got no legs, has he, for a centre half? So I don't know. I think it's just that particular side of the defence, and they seem to chop and change a lot as well. I think there's been far too many names in there. So I've got a good solid four and keep and stick at them. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, Fleming, I think it's it's tough. I think it's tough for any any Isaiah Jones. I think is one of the best right right sided players in this league, isn't he? Um, yeah. And Fleming obviously has had quite a while out injured, and he's going to be a yard or two behind the the, the rest. I think in terms of um, you know sharpness and and, and reading the game, etc. But you know it, it's quite an hard game for him to come into. I think um, level of yeah. expectation, things like that, going into it is quite tough. But I, I, Fleming, I think. With your other choices going in at left back, he's for me he's still he's still the one that I would start. Yeah, he's best of a bad bunch as a horrible phrase to use, but yeah. Hmm. I mean, I uh, like the I, kid, but I think there's so much to do there. I do agree that I mean Fleming did leave his man unmarked a lot. Um, I think it did lead to yeah. the the first goal, and it was. I mean, we've seen that first goal and, and the second one so often. It was just a cross back post, no one's marking anyone, and yeah. it's a, an easy goal. Baxter can't really do anything about it. And in the second one, I mean, especially after we just uh, scored a goal, and um, we'd done that against um, well Rotherham and Blackpool, we score a um, really important goal, and then we concede immediately after. It's, it's a great shame that we couldn't, you know, hold on to that point when we had it. Um, but uh, one one positive um, about the goal and the performance um, is that uh, Cyrus Christie has been playing really well. So, um, Will, ha- how impressed have you been with Christie? Or is that not really a, a big positive to take? Away? I think going forward, Christie's been very, very good. But like the rest of the defence at the back, he has been dragged out of position quite often. I noticed when I was watching from up in the heavens against Borough, a lot of times that entire right side, there was no person stood there a lot of the time. Um, but going forward, he's clearly a fantastic player. 
fantastic player. Um, it's just the problem we, we weren't really using the wide outlets that much, particularly in the first half. And it was obvious they kept making the runs, and they never kept getting the pass. And he was he changed it up obviously when when they got the he changed it up, and then we got the equaliser, and we looked like we were going to score again. And it was all through the the wide player. But mm-hmm. for some reason, after the they went back in front, he never tried it again, really. And I don't get it, because that was clearly our main outlet going forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a Republic of Ireland international, so I would assume he, he would be a good player. Um, I think it's, it's we're starting to see the best of him. He scored two goals in three games. And, uh, I mean, if, if, if everyone was playing to their top potential like he's doing at the moment, we'd be fine. But uh, it's a shame that really he's been one of the few players that seems to have been performing really well. And then, of course, again, he's not been doing that well because he is part of a, a truly atrocious defence. We have the joint worst defence in the top four divisions. So, really, I don't know what there is to do. I mean, and should we start McLaughlin or something? Or, or you know, do you not have any ideas either? Because I'm, I'm at a loss, really. I would start McLaughlin personally, but uh, there's, there's obviously something wrong with him. I don't know, mentality-wise or something, because this is, you know, Shotter didn't play him, neither did Dawson. So it'd be interesting to see if Rosie plays him. Um, I think I saw somebody mention on Twitter that um, obviously the, the, the Bristol City game last season where we got absolutely drubbed 5-0 away, he had a really, really poor game. Um, and I think that's kind of swayed the influence of Shotter at the time. And then we we don't see what his attitude to being dropped is like in training, um, which is maybe why he didn't work his way back into the team. But for me, when you're struggling and conceding so many goals, um, you know, you've, you've got to, there's a player there that for the vast majority of his playing time last season was very comfortable and part of a very, um, you know, our defence was our strong point last season. Um, so for me, you've got to try him. I mean, there's this two, don't stick two left, uh, left footers in. But they'll quite happily have two right back, right footers in. So I don't get that argument per se. Like a, a right footer is more trusted than left. And you know, I, it's, it's a weird one that. But mm-hmm. Figueredo, I think, despite having a bit of time out of the team, has come back in and, and still looks a little. I don't know. He, I, he looks lost to me. I'm, I'm not sure if he knows his role or he just hasn't got that partnership with the players around him. But. I just don't trust him with the ball either. So, like, we're trying to play out from the back, and it's interesting to watch, um, obviously, Rosie's press conference just then because he's mentioning that he wants to play out from the back now, um, which also, again, I was I, I was chatting to who I went to City with uh, when we went to the uh, Blackburn game, and it's weird that we signed Figueredo if he can't play out from the back but intended to play that way, if you get me. Like, I, I'm not entirely sure why you would sign a player that doesn't fit the system. Um so I'm not I'm not I'm not entirely sure. For me, I think Greaves has has had an up and down season. Jones has had an up and down season. Um, you know, Coyle, Elder all had an up and down season. It's just a, f- a very inconsistent team from top to bottom. And I think it's it's due to you know the midfield, I think, for two years was hard working, dynamic, box to box, and it and it changed this season. And I don't know if that changes maybe you know, mm-hmm. players got comfortable in doing what they were doing last season and now all of a sudden they don't have as much movement or energy in front of them protecting them. So they've, they're they trying to overthink and do a bit more to protect the goal, but it, it's it's actually doing worse. That's my own, that's the only thing I can think of. And for me now, Rosie, all he has to do is come in and, and literally just get us going back to basics, trying to, you know, stop conceding. Even if we're going to, you know, try and grind out nil-nils, one-ones, uh, scrappy one-nil wins, 
we've just got to start stop conceding now. We've got to stop that, and then they get the confidence again, and we can start to play a bit more open as we go along. But yeah, the the defense is a real worry. Like we say, it's, it's a lot of goals conceded. Yeah, I, I agree, and um, I think a lot of that goes back to um, really the reason why we're doing so badly is that even though we've signed a lot of good players. Um, it seems that the summer transfer dealings was a bit inconsistent. I don't think we did sign a player Shotter wanted to. So, uh, I mean, Rich, I'll throw this to you. Um, in the January transfer window, I don't know how much, uh, how many funds there will be available, but do you think the defence is definitely something that needs uh, fixing? Because it didn't get any, uh, except um, Christie was more of an attacking player and just Figueredo, who's been quite poor. Um, it's not really had any uh, additions in the in the summer. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think it's something that they should look at. But then again, on the flip side, is where where do we draw the line? I mean, how many signings did we bring in over the summer? There was loads, weren't they? Um, we're up and down. We're winning. We're losing. We're losing. We're winning. We're drawing. I mean, I don't want to upset the apple cart and bring in more players for them. More players to start, you know, taking time to gel as well. Um, I still there's still a couple to come back from injury as as it is. So I'd be hesitant to sign more, but I think we need to really, don't we? Uh, yeah, I mean, Will, what do you think about that? Do you think Rossinia might be, um, uh, you know, another defensive coach like uh, Dawson, um, you know, who was who was a defender? I mean, do you think it's up to him to improve the players we've already got? Well, of course, he's going to try and improve what he's already got on the field. But I do think his focus will be on the main problem, which is defence. Because when we're going forward, when we do actually... Because, I mean, goal-wise, when we actually have had chances, we've normally put them away whenever we've had a chance. The issue has been creating them um, or getting through a specific defence. We're better going forward than we are in defence. Um, and I think that's the, that's the key. As long as you're not conceding goals, you're getting points. Simple as that. Yeah, and uh, consider, uh, talking about scoring goals, that yeah, those have dried up as well. Um, Alex has just commented Oscar's stopped uh, scoring in, uh, scoring goals as well. Um, I mean, it, I think it's 1 in 11 or I 1 mean, in 12 for him now. He's not been playing, but he's played most of those 11 games. He's started about six or seven of them. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say he's overrated or something because I think he is a very good player, but um, you know, the play, a lot of his goals have come from little. Uh, half chances really not even great quality chances but even those have dried up so I think that just shows how bad we've been um, but do we think at a certain point we've got to accept that maybe he's not doing enough as well even though he's not getting a lot of service so what do you think about that Ant? With Oscar it's strange because I think that any any striker that you put up front in this side at the minute is going to really struggle and it's just because you know like we like we keep saying, I think the midfield on the good days, like it's shown at Blackburn and, and at Blackpool and, and Rotherham, when there's when there's hard work um and creativity, whoever's up front will flourish. Uh the games in the which has happened most games this season, where we don't really create much, it's gonna be tough. And I think what, what put Oscar above the rest at the beginning of the season was the fact that we weren't really creating anything, but he was still scoring goals because he made them himself. So he would force errors from defenders. He would, you know, press them into a mistake or, you know, try and, and, and pick up a loose ball in the six-yard box. He was getting these goals. And I think that maybe as the season's gone on and he's having to work so hard for 90 minutes every game, it got to him a bit more. So he's like, 
he's not putting himself in those positions anymore because he's coming back and trying to do even more. Whereas, you know, we just need him to stay in and around the box and just be dangerous because, like, that side to be had against Middlesbrough forced a good save from the goalkeeper. That's where we need him. That's what we need to be doing. We've got quality players that can put the ball in the box. Fleming's shown that he can cross the ball. Christie's shown that he can cross the ball. So, if, if as long as we can provide whoever's up front, they'll do well. Like, Longman scored two and two when he played up front. So, it, it's just about... I think the whole key to this team is the midfield. We, you know, if if the midfield has a bad day defensively, the back four has no protection. We can see two or three. If the if the midfield has a bad day offensively, we don't have, we don't create anything and probably concede a set piece and we're chasing the game all day. So it's you've got to find that consistency in midfield. You've got to find the correct partnerships, uh, the right combination of defensive minded players and attacking minded players. And I just think at the minute especially with players still to come back from injury. Um, the, the the squad's a little bit... We don't know who our strongest 11 is kind of thing, and I think that shows. Um, I mean, it'll click eventually. Well, like, Seri and Woods have shown that them two sitting is very good when they've got Slater and Doc ahead of them. Um, but then I'm, I'm, I'd say we, we maybe create less, but we scored seven in the two games that, that they did that. So evidently not, but it's it's just about literal, it's, it's consistency. We're, we've been so, we've been consistently inconsistent all season. That's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, the, the reasons why we won those two games, I think, is because the midfield was, was so great, especially Woods and Seri controlling the ball. But then, I thought they were going to do that against Middlesbrough and they had a lot of the ball, but then we didn't really create anything. But then that's because we'd uh, started Oscar and not uh, Longman. So I think we all know why why we lost that game. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really miserable at the moment. But let's let's look forward to the future rather than the two previous games. We have a new manager. Um, again, uh, we've talked about a few new managers on this podcast and I've been on not very long. So, uh Rich, um, well, I'll say we had allegedly 40 candidates from all around the world, but we've gone for a former player in Liam Senior. Do you think that's the right decision? I'm torn. I'm torn because we all love him, don't we? We all love him. But um, he's, they said they were looking for someone with experience in this country and in this league. I mean, he's got that as a player, but he was only he was only interim at Arby, wasn't he? And he was only interim for a handful of games. So essentially, it's just another Dawson, isn't it? Really, um, I really do hope it works out because, like I say, we all love him. But uh, I'm, I'm on the fence for this one. Yeah, it, it does seem like a, a bit of a continuation. Um, I think they've seen that, um, even though we haven't done really well. Dawson's won three of the seven games. He's he's you know added a bit of stability. We've got a few results. We've played better especially in those two matches. So um, I think, uh, you know, it's definitely a continuation. Ajahn will have seen um, some positives from Dawson's reign. He's going to want to bring in a manager a little bit similar. And that is a club legend, a defensive coach, and not like a manager who's been around for a very long time, but maybe that they've got, you know, that vim and vigour of being a young coach with new exciting ideas. So hopefully that's what, Rossini brings, but I think it's very difficult to tell how well he's going to do because, I mean, you've got to start somewhere, but this is his first full-time job and as a full-time manager. You know, we really have no idea whether he's going to be amazing or, or, or very bad. So I'll give him some time. Of course, he's a, a city legend. And 
Alex has probably commented, um, you know, on the preview I did recently that I wasn't born when he was a Hull City manager. I mean, that's not true. Um, I do. I have seen the senior play in the flesh, um, I think. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much time he gets because he's a, a club legend. So, uh, Will, how long do you think he'll get before the fans turn <coughs> if things don't go well? Fucking hell. Um, well, I'm going to start right now by saying when, when we had our podcast when Shotter got sacked and we asked who we wanted as our managers, I said Liam Rossini, so I'm mm. clearly not the right person to ask how long are you going to give him because mm. um, I'm going to give him about 500 games. Mm. Um, I think he's definitely got extra leeway because he's former City and he's a person who was universally loved, really, at City. Mm-hmm had a fantastic personality. And I think the best thing, if you can find it anywhere on Twitter or anywhere, he's up, if you remember, he had he written an open letter when he left City. And I think he put it, I think it was in the whole Daily Mail. And it's a fantastic, it shows you just how much he actually cares about this club. And, I think was, and it helps when he has connections through his, he's obviously his late nana. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, a good point to bring up that you do want people at the club who, who actually care. And um, I mean, I think all our managers recently have done. It's been a good opportunity for some. And um, Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know how what he's going to do. I wanted someone with a bit more um, pedigree, either from another European league or with more experience. But um, uh, and do you agree that he should get a lot more time? Because, I mean, if we brought in Pedro Martins, I think for example, or, or, or Corboran, they've had, you know, much higher pedigree and uh, managed at higher clubs, the expectation, like, bigger. But do we think we should just, you know, accept that Ajahn, what he said, that this is a multi-year project and give for senior time to build a squad? Because Schotter really, you know, he, he came in, he had the one window, and maybe we expected too much of him. Um, it's. I think it's a very smart appointment. I mean, you'll probably see my... I've been asked to contribute to various Twitter channels lately. I've I've said on all of them that there um there's a very good appointment. I think that the 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 thing that goes in Rossi's favour for him being a long term manager is, I think what well what makes it a smart appointment is that because he's so loved by the fans and understands the club and everything like that, he the fans would give him that bit more time. You see, if you look back at hindsight, you know if we'd have hired Pedro Martins, you know he's got this. You know, boasts a very nice CV, uh, managed in Europe, etc. Um, if we play poorly for the first six or seven games of his tenure, we're saying, you know, it's very, very easy to turn on him instantly. You know, why are we getting another manager that had no championship experience? So it's it's probably a bit of a blessing in disguise that he he actually didn't take the job when he was offered it. Um, and then Ajin's probably had a, you know, reevaluate of, of of everybody that's applied and gone right. Look, so we need to bring somebody in that we can give time that the fans will support even through, you know, the bad results, the bad phases and someone like Rosinia, and especially the way he speaks in like press conferences and the way he, he sort of conducts himself in, in both the media and just as a person, like he's, he's absolutely brilliant. And Ian, I think he just, that natural charisma will just help people just be like, he'll get it right eventually. And I think this is the perfect place for him to do that because, you know, we've got an ambitious owner who, I'm assuming we'll back him, whether it, whether it be quite significantly in January, maybe not. It'll probably be on a smaller scale in January, one or two. Uh, but then we'll see where we are in the summer kind of thing. 
Um, he's obviously they've met with him multiple times, so he's obviously saying the right things. He obviously meets with the the criteria of what Ajin was looking for in a manager. Um, he must be promising, you know, eventually this this attacking football that he wanted, unless he's changing his, you know, maybe broadened his um, expectations a bit there, Ajin, and allowed a bit more conservative um, style. It's just, you know, if you speak to everybody, even the Derby fans, you know, he was in charge for 12 games at Derby, I think, and he won seven of them. So it was quite a harsh sacking that, you know, that they let him go and brought warning uh, for starters. And, and all the Derby fans absolutely love him. Um, he's got experience um, underneath Rooney in, in very difficult circumstances. Go on, Will. It's not just the Derby fans who like him. From what I've heard from people, Baz Cooper mentioned it actually the other day. When I was speaking to him, I was uh, he didn't give any names, but he said a lot of the Derby players think he's superb and he's absolutely mm. gonna go very far. His training methods are fantastic, he's, he's so meticulous in the way he sort of drills stuff into you. He won't take any fucking thing for granted. Mm. I mean, even listening to him in a press conference, it makes me want to play. I'll, I'll go in midfield for him and do a job, you know. What I mean, he, 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 he's, he's, he's natural charisma is his motivation like his his whole sort of like aroma is just confidence he's confident in himself you can see that so you see because if you look at it from Rosinia's perspective this is a very tough job um you know it's 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 had a lot of backing in the summer it didn't do too well results are very poor at the minute um you know down near the bottom four um a lot of new players to try and bed into another new system um you know he's, he's a very brave man I think for taking a job like this on, especially at a club where you're so you know liked, because as you can see, like Solskjaer at Man United, if it all goes wrong, you kind of tarnish your your status a little bit with most fans. So it is it is a big gamble for him, and it's a big gamble for us. But I think it's when you weigh everything together, it's a gamble worth taking. And and I'm I'm 100 behind this. Um, there's there's not a part of me that thinks this is the wrong appointment. Yes, okay, you maybe could have gone for somebody with a bit of championship experience. You know, that would have been nice, but realistically, um, you know, if we'd have brought a Carlos, Carlos Calbron on or, or a Sean Dyche, somebody like that, would they have been shown the same love? Not at all. Like, you know, this 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 to me is the start of his career, but it's also the start, really, of, of our new era now. I think we've got the right man in there to, 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 to take Adrian's vision forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said about um, how he comes across in press conferences is something that a lot of people have mentioned. Um, here we've got a comment uh, from Stuart Wilson saying that uh, he speaks really well, especially about racism and the value of diversity in football. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is he the first black whole city manager? I mean, that's that's a milestone in itself. I, I mean, I wasn't even born when he was playing, so I don't really know much about the history of the club. But um, I think a lot of people have said that he he's he's impressive. Um, Baz Cooper said a lot of the time that uh, Liam Rossini is impressive in press conferences, which I think is good, and that charisma will make me like him. But then again, uh, I think I'm going to judge him on results. Um, you know, I like the guy and I really want him to do well, and I think it would be really lovely if he did well, even more so than Schotter, because we're going to have that connection with him as a former player. Um, and I imagine that some of those players at Derby that have liked him, one of them must be Curtis Davis. Um, you know, maybe that'll be Rossini's first signing in January, I think, to sort out our defence. I'd approve of that. I don't know what the rest of you would think, but... Um, I mean, 
I'd have him in the squad. I don't know if he'd be definitely starting, but he'd be a good addition just from a mental perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, It'll also be interesting to see who he brings in for his backroom staff. I'm very interested to see what the coaching team is because uh, isn't there supposed to be a familiar face coming back or something? Maybe a maybe a miler. Phil Brown is oh. assistant manager. It's not miler. Yeah. But what's our <laughs> dream backroom staff? I'd love McShane, Huddleston, Myler, Dawson, get, and Rosinia. That'd be lovely. Maybe Jakubovic as a um, goalkeeping coach. You know, because he's so not playing. My backroom staff would probably be Guardiola. Um, yeah, others. Klopp. But yeah, he's not mild because he's already said another he's not Guardiola. That's a shame. But uh, yeah, I mean, if there is another, um, you know. A familiar, familiar face in the backroom staff, that'd be nice. But I think Dawson and Rossini as a duo, because um, I imagine Dawson probably will have a fair I mean, bit of say in, in how things go. If there's, any, if there's any familiar face I want in this, if there's any familiar face I want, it's Nick Bambi. Yeah, that would be another good one. And of course, he's um, a bit yeah. more experienced than the other two not as well. Not even if it's not yeah. a coach, just. I want him Poss- possibly, possibly anyway. even Dino. Dino's always taunted, uh, touting that he wants to be back involved with City in some way, shape, no. or form. Yeah. Um, Kieran Webster has mentioned Thomas Tuchel as he's available. Him and Guardiola, along with Dawson and Rossini, that would be quite nice. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think we're probably getting a little bit silly now. So, um, is it a good time to bring up some research I've done about um, whole City managers that the last eight? Since Vecini was a manager, and I'll just run through those. Well, it's uh, let's see if I can get the order correct. Um, we had Steve Bruce. Um, Since he was a player. Yeah, Mike Phelan, uh, and then the rest. Slutsky, Adkins, uh, Silva, Dawson, McCann, and Schotter. That's not the order, but um, I haven't read that out. So, uh, well, firstly, I mean, we'll guessed before. Um, who do we think... Um, is the manager with the highest win percentage out of those last eight at the top and I'll give you a clue, the win percentage is 40%, so uh, Will, who do you think has the best of the last eight? Since Is this based on their entire time at City or since Rossini left? Because for Bruce that's slightly... It's Bruce's yeah. entire it's Bruce's entire uh, managerial career at oh, City. Bruce then. Yeah, you think it's Bruce? Bruce oh, it, he oh, okay. Well, I mean, it is Bruce, so I'll give you that. Um, but who do we think is second on thirty nine percent? And you can guess this one. Second on thirty nine percent. Thirty one percent. Thirty nine. So very close to Bruce. I'd be tempted to say McCann, but the two championship stints, I don't think. That's who I'd say. Mm, but I, I, I do, I do think but that Adkins, Adkins didn't get us very high in the league. But no, he's yeah. No, I'm saying McCann. Yeah, a lot of people are commenting Adkins, but they're wrong. It is Grant McCann in second. Grant was League One. Yeah, just okay. League One campaign. Yeah, so, yeah, Rich, who do you think was third best on thirty-eight uh, percent? So if you'd have asked me for first and second, I'd have said Michael Silva. <laughs> Because mm. I know he wasn't here for particularly long, but at the beginning of his tenure, we went on a right tear up, didn't we? We so did. I think that that oh, it was Dark Horse. He was good, yeah. Yeah, it was I'm going to say Marco Silva is third. Dark Horse. Well, it's not, but he is very close. So Dawson had 37.5 and Silva is in fourth on 36%. So, mm. uh, 
But Silva didn't have many games. He also won an FA Cup game. Um, so that's why he's uh, quite high. And then uh, 33%. Uh, Will, back to you in fifth. Who do you think that might be? Try to remember who's left. We'll just just uh, add any of them. It is Atkins. Yeah. Congratulations. You get um, my love. Uh, <laughs> sixth um, is 30%. And so not many people left. <laughs> Slutsky? No, no. Slutsky is rock bottom on 19%. I thought Phelan would be bottom. No, he's not. He's not bottom. That was the perhaps the biggest surprise. Uh, Slutsky is on 19%. So uh, so there's only Schotter and Phelan left. Rich, no, where do you think they are? Do you think Schotter's sixth or is uh, Phelan sixth? I'm gonna I'm gonna put Shotter and then Phelan. Absolutely, that's absolutely correct. So the whole list is Bruce McCann, Dawson, Silver, Adkins, Shotter, Phelan, and Slutsky. Now I was saying to Will before the podcast started that the reason why our uh, Phelan's number is so high on twenty five percent, even though he didn't do very well, is that I'm assuming it's including the cup wins, and of course he t- he took us all the way to the semi final of the League Cup. So I'm he assuming that's why. Yeah, we that's... beat Man United in that second leg. Didn't we? we did, although that was the silver game. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that's why his is high. He won, he won two cup games in that short uh, six month span. So um, yeah, if the senior does anything above, I'd say maybe if he can get close to th- th- fourth, thirty six percent with Marco Silva, I think that would have been a pretty decent appointment. Yeah. But of course, it's a long time until that's going to count. Uh, Alex says Dawson doesn't count because it's not a permanent manager if we're getting technical. Well, it's my quiz, Alex, so shut up. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, well, is there anything else we want to mention about Liam Rossini? I think we've mentioned his expectations um, from the fans and his lack of He's experience. Ace. He's ace. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching um, this press conference because I've heard very good things about it. So, you know, massively good luck to him. I hope it works out. I'm not 100% sorry yeah. that it will, but... Hopefully, maybe because we've been so bad this season, the middle, middle, um, a low mid-table season would be a, would, a, would be a good one, and then he can push on later. Alex says, "How dare you?" Sorry. So, uh, one thing. Oh, go on, Will. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to doing his press conferences after games when I'm in them. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, that's that's an exciting opportunity. So. Uh, Rossini has mentioned that Millwall is a perfect game to test his players' mentality. So uh, how do we see the Millwall game going? Because I think I've just done the preview with uh, Mick, a Millwall fan. It's a really tough place to go. Very tough game for his first match. Um, Going away to Millwall, you'd want a home match. How do we see it going? I think we'll play well, but ultimately lose. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a be one of those games where we look at it performance-wise. Yeah, I think performance-wise, we'll see vast improvements. I think we'll see players battling. I think we'll see a bit more defensive organisation, but I think we might, you know, it's a bit too soon for him to really stamp his his, his total mark on the team. Obviously, he's only just been announced. I think we'll just just fall a little bit short, but take positives from it. One of those kind of games. One or two nil loss. Honeyman probably to score. Mm. Yeah, he's probably going to get an assist from a corner because... We're rubbish at defending set Yeah, and then he'll, he'll, he'll run and like, I you know Shot is not there anymore. If, if Shot was still manager, he'd probably run and do like a belly flop in front of him at the technical area or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Man City Arsenal, give him one of 
Mm. Yeah. Do you agree that we're going to lose Rich? Because, I mean, I we usually do get a, a new manager bounce. Of course, that's a thing. But we've already sort of had a mini one with Dawson. I'm not really sure we're going to get much because it's a, a very tough game. I think maybe Cardiff and the Reading match, we could get more points there. But do you agree it's going to be a very tough game? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the table, they're what, just outside the playoffs, 28 points. So, uh, I really want to say we'll win, but we're not going to, are we? I mean, <laughs> it's too early for the Rossinia effect to take, take, uh, take place. So, mm-hmm. yeah. scrappy 1-0 loss, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. As long yeah, as one of them don't score, because I can't stand it when next players come back and score. It just riles me up. It happens yeah. so often. It's so uh, often. I, I mean, can't it happens. Either, so. mm. Yeah, it happens often for every team, but I feel like I because we support them, it seems to happen a lot. Because I mean, it even happened on Tuesday with Chu Rackpom. Because especially mm. if you're a team that's bought lots of players, then there are more out there to score against you. And uh, yeah, seeing yeah. Rackpom score was just. So... I really like. I really liked Rackpom. You know, I really wanted yeah. us to sign him, sign, sign him permanently after his loan spell. I know his goal return wasn't brilliant when he was on loan at us, but you could see there was a player in there, and I think after his. Exile by um, uh, Wilder. I think he's he's looking like he's got a bit of a point to prove under Carrick, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Alex is saying we had a bounce with Martins in the stand. So I guess does that mean Pedro Martins has a one hundred percent home win record or a win record with with Hull City? You know, perhaps, perhaps. Well, Liam was in the stands for the Bury game and it didn't exactly go that way. Ah, zero percent. Wow, we should get rid of him. And also, Stuart Wilson said the lesson here is. The longer you keep a manager, the better the results. I mean, perhaps that's true, but I think it's probably more that um, if you get promoted, you have a, a high record. And also the managers who don't do well get sacked early because they've got a bad record rather than they improve as they go on. But uh, hopefully Rossini has a good one to begin with and then continues to be good. Throughout. Very frustrating, isn't it? Because when you look back at those previous managers, if, if Silver would have stayed for that first championship season... I feel oh, like gone up. differently. I think a lot yeah, of more players would have stayed. Yeah, it, 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 before the end of the season, he'd been tapped up by Watford, obviously. Yeah, but, um, before, yeah I'm having a bit of that and just fucking throw us away, didn't he? So. I don't think it's even a case of him staying after the season. If we'd got him in like a few weeks earlier, yeah, we'd have stayed we up. probably yeah. wouldn't have gone down. Yeah. yeah. I think he was probably the perfect manager, except the um, away from home, we were terrible. I think we considered a lot of set-piece goals, and uh, it was a zonal marking that did us in, I think. If he hadn't done used zonal marking, perhaps we would have been fine. But here we are looking yeah. back at five well, He's years learned ago. from that. If you watch Fulham now, he doesn't do zonal very often. He picks and chooses yeah. when he does it. He does do it sometimes, but he's mainly marking now. So he has yeah. learned. He's adapting. It's taken five years, though. I mean, why couldn't he have done that after like five minutes? But, but look at Fulham now. They're all right. They are doing very well, and I guess it's nice to see him doing well, but it's just a shame it couldn't happen with us. Um, so I don't really know how we're going to line up for this match. Of course, this is Vassini's first match in charge. Um, I'm not really sure whether there's a, a specific system he prefers, but... I had a uh, look at um, his, his, his derby games, um, the, the, the 12 that he managed in League One, and he sort mm-hmm. of alternates between... Which sounds perfect for our squad. He alternates mm-hmm. between like a five at the back and then like a four-two-three-one. So I think he changes it depending on obviously the opposition. I think he's he's a proactive manager in that sense. So he will see a team and think, you know, rather than this team, this formation played well last game, let's play it again. He looks at the opposition and goes, right, 
they're going to hurt us if we play this formation. So I'm going to switch it up a bit and play it this way. So to me, that 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 already excites me that he's 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 thinking tactically before the games because we've we've been so used, I think, the last two or three years of such robust, stubborn tactics that somebody coming in and being so proactive and 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 wanting to 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 already change the system before the game, trying to nullify the opposition's threat um is is something we've not seen in a while so that excites me so well, we could see a good good bit of rotation as well between players if we're switching systems all the time as well yeah i think yeah with the players we've got and uh how th- i mean i i assume we're probably going to do a lot of rotation the first few games but really the most important thing is that uh is it a good time to bring in a new manager just before the world cup because he's got that month, even if things don't go well in the next three games, and you know we've got a very uh, tough first match. Uh, Rich, do you think it's a good time to bring in a new manager? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. I mean, we've played 18, 19 games, so I mean, it's still early-ish days. Um, these three games, it's kind of like a more important preseason, if you want to call it that. Three decent games, a month off, and then the fourth game or the first game after the break. I think that'll be really when we've all gelled together. We'll have a couple of players back from injury. Maybe Big Ben will be back. Love him. Uh, so hopefully it'll all click into place and we'll fly from there. New year upwards. Yeah. You muted yourself again. You don't know. You muted yourself. <laughs> uh, my my apologies. Um, that's very unprofessional. Um, I believe we're going to have Tete, Aliar, maybe Traore back. Um, and then Salah as well and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it would be nice to have a, a lot of these players back. Hmm? Completely forgot about, about Salah. Yeah, I mean, and James Scott, he's, he's, I know he's not very good, but he's scored in, uh, I think, an academy game. He's back and Josh Emmanuel is back as well. So we finally know what's happened to him. He's he's back playing for the academy. That's that's fantastic news, I think. So, yeah, I think in, in a month or, well, it'll be about a month and a half, um, after the World Cup, uh, it'll be great to have a, a much stronger team, and hopefully, we'll have um, you know had a few good results either side of that break. Um, but yeah, but really going to the question about whether or not this is, whether or not this is a good time to appoint Rosie, I think you know this is probably a better time than if you'd have waited to to the World Cup break itself, because mm-hmm. Rosie's going to now be able to watch these players in these games, see you know players' mentality, the weaknesses, the strengths you know, what we're good at, whether or not this player is going to be able to fit into that system, etc. And then, you know, even if we have three or four bad results, for, for example, and then we go into the World Cup break, he's he knows now what he needs to do and work on throughout that break, rather than finding that out afterwards. He knows full well that he can go into that World Cup break now and go, right, you need to improve on your distribution. We're going to play off the yeah. back. You need to be more comfortable in this. Confidence-wise, you've got to be a bit better. You need to push further out wide. He can make all these changes in that break and come back a better team. Uh, so I think it's perfect time. Uh, yeah, Rich, I, I really like what you said about that being a, a really important pre-season. Because um, if, even if we do lose all three of those games, I think well that will help Messina learn a lot. Um, and, you know, we're already in a really bad position, so I don't think I'd, I'd like it if we lost all three. But hopefully we can just get the one good result at least um push us away from the bottom three for that month because you don't want to be in the bottom three um for a month you know seeing everyone else above you for that long um so yeah and uh as lee said uh, on the comment they'll uh, be going on a trip to turkey um so hopefully that'll give them some time to bond because um i mean a lot of the players we've signed 
didn't really actually have a, a full preseason, and we haven't really seen the best of them, like like Cynic and uh, maybe not Pelkas, but Cynic is one player who, um, you know, he's had an injury and we've not really seen the best of him. So there is still a lot of positivity. And um, after the Middlesbrough game, I was quite, um, you know, I wasn't optimistic about our chances. But, you know, now we're talking about it, maybe maybe we can be uh, positive about what's going to happen in the second half of the season. I've got um we've we got a message by the way off Justin Peach um off the second yes. tier if anybody knows who they are and he said um I am ridiculously jealous and stoked for you guys that you've got Rosie as your head coach thought he should have had more time at Derby I hope to God he can be a success the potential under him is Premier League football so there you go that that's you know a, a team that he was just manager of for 12, 12 games and Rosie has said he wants to focus on getting the club back where they were when he was here which was technically European football, which would be nice, but yeah. I'll, I'll just take survival for now. <laughs> nice solid mid-table finish. Basis for next season. That's got to be the realistic game. Yeah. When I saw that uh, you know, DM from yeah. Justin, I, I did think as long as we stay up this season, we can worry about that. But yeah, European football, if we can, you know, Rosina gets, gets us back <laughs> to that, that'd be lovely. You know, that's the dream, isn't it? That's the dream. I think that's every fan's dream, having a... That's a my, biggest, my biggest air with Steve Bruce that. was that wasted opportunity in Europe and I will never, ever forgive him. Yeah, we should have got through. Weakened teams in those games. We should have got through, but I don't think the referees helped us very much. Because we may not ever see that again. That may have been our only opportunity of European football. Perhaps. Perhaps. To play like a, a... It like a cup tie is insane yeah. to me. Absolutely insane. Yeah, we do have a 100% home win record in Europe, which we wouldn't have kept if we got through to the group stage. So, you know, we, I can always say that. That's a nice little yeah. trivia. That, that locker and away goal. Mm. The, Speaking that of locker and... experience of the away goal rule? Yeah, that's why we went down. Yeah. And they've, says... they've ditched it now. Speaking of locker room, on the way into the Middlesbrough game the other day, I seen about five or six of them uh, locker room fans going into the south stand, Belgian Tigers. Oh. Yeah, mm. a little partner club there. Yeah, it, it's mad, isn't it? How that our one and only game in Europe is. Uh... Oh no, there was two, weren't they? Sorry, um, but yeah, yeah locker room. Played as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we seem to have bonded with locker room, which is. Uh... Well, I remember on the actual day of the Lochran game, like when we went over to theirs, their fans were really accommodating in the pubs and everything. They were really friendly, and then we yeah. gave them the same treatment, vice versa. But I think I'm I'm sure that they've they, they well, fell in the. I was going to say Lochran don't actually exist anymore. They dissolved about two years ago. Oh. And there you go. That's a bit um, of financial trouble, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I knew something that was just yeah. depress everyone there. That's that's yeah. what they get for kicking us out of Europe, I'd say. You know, yeah. um, I didn't get any nice hospitality, so I know. If there's any locker room fans listening, we are very sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not about what I said, but I'm sorry the club went bust, of course. Yeah. Oh, save that. Right. So, um, really, uh, yeah, I don't know whether we, we really are going to do a lineup prediction or anything because I don't think we know really how. Uh, well, I we don't know what the side is. Well, it takes forever, and there's four of us. So, really, as long as Longman starts, I'm happy. So, um, that's my lineup done. Will, what sort of what sort of thing would you like to see us line up on Saturday? Will, I don't know what I'd like to see, but I think he'll, you know, I think he'll play a back three because he'll be thinking, I don't. Want, I'm going to try my best to try and not concede a goal. See what I can do with that. But I don't know who he's going to pick. 
Yeah, I'd be calling for his head if we went boring. You know, we, 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 I, I want us to win five four. That's what Ajin wants. So uh, it's going to surprise everyone and go like four two four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> have a lot of wingers, so maybe that would work. Surely, surely in a four up front, there's space for Longman to start. So I'd be up for that. Do you know what? I wouldn't. Uh, to be fair, I would actually mind if Longman. I think Longman should start. Ah, uh-huh. we've come full circle now. Yep, come full circle. You know what? Wow. The, the way he, I, I actually want to say a piece on Ryan Longman because at the beginning of the season, oh, he was on. yes, his form was very poor, and I think that at the Huddersfield game, he also played very poor. But the, the fan abuse went a bit too far, and then I think that the it says a lot about his character, his his attitude, um, the way he responds is not to go into his shell, but to improve, to try and prove that the fans wrong. Um, and and in and in the games that he put, when he when he when he started against um, Blackpool, I thought he was really really good, and I thought he'd played better in that game than Oscar had for the previous four or five. You know, he's 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 doing the right things now, and he just needs to stay consistent now. I would play him up front against Millwall alongside Oscar. I would like to see a front two. Because um, I'd like to see how that works. So I think that they would work off each other very well. Because Oscar's a bit more physical and, and creates issues, whereas Longman's a bit more of a he wants to find space, run at people, and and, and maybe find a you know a, a bit of a perch opportunity. And I, I'd like to see him try and work together uh, up yeah. front. Because I, I, I think like I don't think we get the best of him out wide. I think he's he's shown that he's probably a bit better through the middle, which has surprised me. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sure that when he first went to Wimbledon, he was meant to be a striker, and they kind of just put him well, out at wide. Wimbledon. He, he played everywhere, really, but I think yeah. because of that and uh, where he's played at wing back, people have sort of forgotten that yeah. he can play as a striker. So, yeah, I mean, I think strikers is natural two, position, isn't it? Yeah, I think seeing them work together might be interesting because even though Tete wasn't necessarily playing up up front as a striker, as more of a winger, they did have the, that sort of. We, we did quite well with two strikers on the pitch. So, you know, even though Longman's a different player to Tete, um, it would be interesting to see whether having another player alongside Oscar would get the best out of him. I also he, agree with the... Um... Come to me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I can see it from both sides. I don't like Longman, but yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start him. I, but then again, I, I'm hesitant to say it, but I don't think I'm that much of a fan of Oscar either. He scored eight goals, but he's only scored them in four games. So yeah, fair enough. He's like he's banging them in, but sporadically, he's played eighteen games and he's scoring four of them. Mm, I don't know, but you could make the argument that it's it's what's behind him that's holding him back. I, I mean, against Middlesbrough, especially played five centre midfielders behind him. What's that about? I don't know. Has it worked the two games before? Yeah, I mean you could say that, but it it, it just don't feel right. I mean, I, I like I like tradition. I like how it should be. Get cynic on one side, and I don't know Pelkas on the other. I mean Pelkas isn't really a winger, but he's you know he's better there than I'd say Slater. See, I think the thing is with Oscar is you put him in a team like Burnley, he's scoring you 25, 30 goals a season. I think you can tell what kind of striker he is. He's a poetry who wants to be in the right place at the right time. And if you yeah. put him in a side that creates chances regularly, he will score regularly. He's struggling in this team because we don't create chances very often. 
if you look back at the amount of shots we've had per game, you know, even at, even at the beginning of the season, we were five unbeaten. We were only having about four or five shots in the game. We were just putting most of them away. You know, the conversion rate was stupid. And then we went on a bad run and, you know, the, the confidence has dipped a bit. Um, but to me, Oscar, if, if if we can get the team gelled, get um, players in the correct positions, put your more creative players where they need to be, your two fans, your pelcases in, the, in them areas where it's going to be dangerous, he'd score goals. But like we say, we're just not really playing to his strengths at the minute and it's probably frustrating for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, surely surely there is a, a better player in there from what we've seen because I don't even think his hold-up play has been amazing. But he's a penalty box striker. We've got to feed him chances. And it's amazing, really, that we've got these players like Tufan and Sirig and Seri and Pelkas and Norman and um, Christie and Coyle and Fleming and so many people. And yet we still can't create him chances. So I think definitely having another manager... I don't think he was... That. I don't think he was signed to be the hold-up guy, though. He's just he's mm. just having to play that role because Tete's injured. Yeah. I think you know he's 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 good in the air, um, and he's and he's very strong. But he was definitely meant to just be the the goal poacher in the area, and yeah. Tete was meant to be our outlet. But obviously, he got injured. Yeah. It's like when we had Fraser Campbell up front. He was the goal scorer. He, you know, he he had a lot of good. Um, he was a good poacher like Oscar is. But then we had Jackson Irvin, um, sort of playing out position or. or He'd go to the side and win the ball like Tete is, uh, you know, or should have been doing. So, El Mahamedi yeah. under Bruce. Yeah, just because we've got a, a a big striker doesn't mean they should be a, a target man. I guess that's what they were saying about Tom Eves as well, even though that clearly was his strength. So, um, yeah, I think the sooner Tete comes back and you, we get that partnership back of them two, I think that'd be fantastic. So, um, last thing to do on the show, I think, uh, is predict um, the Millwall game. I'm going to go uh, kind of depressing 2-0 loss. Um, I think I'm assuming you lot probably going to say something similar. Rich, what's your prediction? Um, I'm going to go 2-1, Millwall. Uh, Pelkas getting the one for us. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ant? I'm going to say... I want to say 2-1, but I think it'll be 1-0. Yeah, I'll go Mm -hmm. 1-0. Maybe one nil, and it'll be like a really annoying um, set piece um, that we yeah. mess up on. That's likely. That's likely. What about you, Will? Do you agree with that? I'm clutching at straws, and I'm going to say one all. Mm. I mean, I'd like a one all. I'd like a one all. Do you know but... what? It, it would be very first Liam Rosinia gameish to come away with something from the den. I, there is there is a bit in me that thinks that he's going to come in and just mic drop and he'll <laughs> like two nil mm. against Millwall and walk away. Well, that would be lovely. It's just, it's you know, you've always got in the back of your mind, we've only got one clean sheet all season. So, you know, we're realistically going to clean, get, get a clean sheet at Millwall away. <laughs> Probably not. But mm. I like to dream. Well, yeah, second clean sheet of the season, I think, would be um, obviously not better than a win, but I think in some ways more important for the team's confidence because it is just completely gone defensively. Um, I'd love a clean sheet. I just don't see it happening with how, um, I mean, we've seen it's not had very much time to actually implement any of these new ideas. I think today was his first proper training session. I'll have tomorrow and then it's match day. So I don't think I'll have enough time to sort of get the team playing better. So yeah, 2-0. Um, I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you very much to uh, everyone who's commented and watched along. Um, Rich, have you enjoyed yourself? Yeah, it's been good. 
been a break from listening Marvelous. to the kids scream all night, so I'm happy. Yeah. It's all well, it's all it only lasts twenty minutes and it's only <laughs> an hour later. So, well, you know, it's all these beautiful faces I can see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, we'll be back. Uh, well, I'll be back for another preview next week. Um, probably looking ahead to the Reading match. I might be able to squeeze one in for the Cardiff game on Tuesday night as well. Um, but we'll probably be back uh, similar time on Thursday evening to talk about uh, Liam Senior's first two matches in charge of Hull City. So good luck to him. Thank you very much, six everyone points. who's listened. Hopefully we get six points exactly. So, yeah, thanks for yeah. listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.